like a girl! Welcome to Who Do You Think You Are? I am episode quattro, chic quattro, number four. I'm Chenz, alongside me, co-host, good friend, longtime friend, Puma. How you doing, Puma? I'm good. I'm good. So, episode four. You know what episode that is in the Star Wars universe? The fourth? A New Hope. The original. The 1977 original. Yeah, the, the, the first one. The first one ever. Yes. Yes, the first one ever. But if you lose, do listen to it the wrong way, like you think you should listen to uh, it, in release, not in release order, it would actually be The Phantom Menace. Okay, so tell me tell me why watching the, the Star Wars uh, collection... Saga. Saga? Saga, nice. Uh, watching the saga in numerical order is incorrect... It's incorrect because you don't understand what the story is really about. You don't get that feel of not watching it in the order they actually came out by the year. So, because the prequels we never knew were going to come out, they came out, Return of the Jedi came out in 83. So, episode one, quote unquote, didn't come out till 99. So, if you don't watch the original trilogy before you watch the prequel, it, the story kind of doesn't make sense because you don't know who Anakin is, right? You get to see him fail, and then you get to see how he came to what he was and who Darth Vader really was. And I'm a big Darth Vader fan. That's yeah, my guy. I know. So that's why I watch it. And you watch it in the years that it came out in order. So I I see what you're saying. You know, the, the whole... The, whole, uh, the episodes four, five, six lead you to the whole result of what happens in one, two, three. One thing we can agree on is that the original three blow the fucking lid off the first, the, the later three, right? The original three are way better than episodes one, two, and three. Yes? 100%, 100%. Okay, okay, okay. So that's something we can we can agree on. What I, what I just, I, I, I refuse to agree with and understand is How, how would, no, how do you know, why are you saying we're, gonna, we're not going to know what's going on? That's the whole point. If you watch episodes one, two, and three, then you see a young Anakin, and in fact, in, in The New Hope, it talks about all these events, like in the fucking, in the words coming up, right? When the words going through the fucking about the, 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 the intro, famous, the famous yeah, scroll the scrolling, it was a scrolling, scrolling. The... Thank you. So scrolling, it's talking about this all these events that happen, and you're like, "What the fuck is this? I, I don't know what this is." And it tells you all of that stuff in episodes one, two, and three. So what I what I want to know is that's that's why I think watching a numerical order makes sense is because. Oh, there's there's the events. There was the Clone Wars they're talking about. Oh, this makes a lot more sense now. But if you watch the original, if you watch A New Hope, and and 
Obi-Wan is talking to Luke about his father. Yes. He said he lied about his father. Luke didn't learn learn who his father really was until later in the trilogy. Oh, we know. So that won't make sense. And now you can see, oh, now you get to see Obi-Wan's relationship with Anakin. Because the prequels I understand show, I understand what you're saying. So it, you have to watch it in the prison I, I, I understand. Like, would you watch would you watch Lord Lord of the Rings? Out of order because the hobbits came That's out what, after. It's the same thing. Mm, I would watch Lord of the first Lord of the I, Rings. I would watch no, 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 no. Towers of Fellowship of the Ring before no, the No, 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 no. I'm not saying I, I, I know what your I know what your argument is. Is that it's like let's see. What's what's a it's to say to say to say it's it's not the right way to watch it I don't think that's really what the argument is I you're coming from a fan perspective a fan who knows Star Wars okay my phone case is Darth Vader I'm 28 years old come on I'm I'm not questioning your fanhood here I'm saying you're coming at it from a fan's perspective and that everything that the original three provide, you know from watching, right? So now when you watch the newer three, episodes one, two, three, you're like, it's like a, you're excited to see this because you're like, oh, wow, this is what they were, they've always been talking about. Exactly. Okay, okay. And I understand that, and I agree. I'm thinking about. I'm not saying this is me. I've seen them all, not as off, not as many times as you have. But if you were to just go up to any fucking Joe schmo who's never seen Star Wars, any of them, I feel like you have to show them in numerical order. Yes, because they don't give a shit about the reveal that happens in the first three, the the numerical first three. You know, they're not going to be like, oh my God, that's, oh my God, that's Obi-Wan. That's young Obi-Wan. Holy shit, that's Anakin. Anakin's Darth Vader. Whoa. No, they're going to watch it. One, two, three, going to be like, okay, this kid, Anakin, like, oh wow, he, he yeah, he's getting really strong. Oh shit, he's becoming evil. Whoa, whoa, what the fuck's going to happen? And then you watch the old one and then, okay, it's a little weird because now it's like going back 20, 30 years. You're like, this is a little different, but you know what? The storyline now picks up from where he, you're left off, and you say, "Okay, now you got this kid, Luke Skywalker." Da, da. Oh, you know that storyline about the the dad. His dad kind of sounds a little familiar, like what happened to Anakin in those that other episode. And then, boom! You're like, "Holy shit!" It all came together. It's like if you watched spoiler alert, Game of Thrones, and you you started. I'm not gonna spoil it for you. I'm spoiling it for for our listeners. If you saw, if like let's say let's say season three was uh, episode four of Star Wars, okay? And you watched episode uh, season three, and you saw the Red Wedding. You're going to watch that, and then tell me that going back to watch season one after season three makes sense because you know the backstory already? But that doesn't make sense because think about it. If you got to try to make it, get somebody that hasn't watched Star Wars before into it, you're going to show them the best ones, Right. Okay, so, that's so the best ones, like you just said, are the original trilogy four, five, and six. And originally, there wasn't supposed to be all these movies, it was supposed to be one. 
Then Empire Strikes Back came out, which is one of the best movies in cinematic history. Then you had Return of the Jedi. Now you go back and say, okay, now I got you hooked. Because the prequels originally didn't get the same love. Yeah, of course not. Now it's getting it now. But when it originally came out, it wasn't that. Like, Attack of the Clones is probably the worst Star Wars movie ever made outside of The Last Jedi. I'm in the boat that hated The Last Jedi. I hate Ryan Johnson. He can go fucking kick rocks and die. But, fucking crybaby, man baby, that he is. Um, But, the thing about Star Wars is that the original trilogy is what got people excited about it to begin with. So, why not show them that? And now they can see... They can see the the first six movies are the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. And even though Luke Skywalker is the main character, it's really about Anakin and Darth Vader and how Darth Vader was able to, um, what's the word? He was able to fix his story by actually finally avenging everything that he did wrong by killing the Emperor, spoiler alert if you didn't see it, and saving his son, spoiler alert. But now... If you watch it in that order, if you watch 4, 5, 6, then 1, 2, and 3, yeah, it doesn't make sense numerically. But it makes sense in the timeline of Star Wars. It makes sense that, you know, you should know, because you know who Darth Vader is, right? If you just see Anakin as this crybaby little kid on Tatooine, and you see him, and Hayden Christensen did it terribly. He, he was a terrible Anakin. The, to the In episode 2, you see Anakin as this whiny combative little baby and then you see him turn into the Anakin of Revenge of the Sith in the third movie when he loses his limbs and everything and puts on the suit if you know who Vader is before he puts on the suit it's more it, it hits you it hits home better yeah, I agree I agree with that so that's why like when I showed Steph at Star Wars I got her through we've got through episode 4, 5, 6, 1, and 2 I showed her 4, 5, 6, 1, and 2 and you know, I listen to, I'm going to name drop a podcast here, and I think if you're a Star Wars fan, you should listen to them, is Rebel Force Radio. Those two guys know their Star Wars, and if you ask them, who are, they're Star Wars fanatics. They've been, they were kids when the originals came out. They're in their 40s. Sorry if, if they listen to the show. They probably won't, but if they do, I'm sorry if I overaged you. But, you know, they will probably agree with me that you should watch 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, then 7, the dumpster fire that was eight and nine that's coming up. By the way, whoever's listening to this, if you're tied to Lucasfilm, give us a fucking title. Give us something. Okay, I see all these goddamn rumors, and I don't want to wait till April just to know what the title of the movie's going to be. I don't need a trailer. I just want to see the title. Okay, I've seen a few titles already that came out. Balance of the Force, Son of Darkness, Revenge of the Jedi. You know, some of these titles. And I like Son of Darkness, but... You know, I also like Balance of the Force because, you know, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring balance to the Force. So maybe this last movie of the Skywalker saga can bring that to us. So we've ranted about this for almost 10 minutes now. Yeah, that's... So let's get into what the show is really about and talk about sports. But first, yeah, I, I wish I uh, I wish I knew about Black Tux when I was going to all these weddings. I mean, I got two weddings coming up this year. You know, unfortunately, we have our tuxes already, but you know, I wish we used this site because it sounds sounds legit. I mean, you don't want to. It's a real pain in the ass to to worry about getting a tux and the right fit, cost. I mean, everything else costs an arm and a leg, the bachelor party, everything else. So, 
You need you need something good. Um, that's not gonna that's not gonna kill you. So, hopefully, maybe, who knows when the next weddings will be. But yeah, definitely, I will definitely check them out. So let's get let's get into our sports our sports talk. Um, you know, we haven't recorded. We haven't recorded since last Thursday, so it's been a week and a half, and people are actually asking when our next episode's coming out, so we finally got some anticipation here. So first, we're going to talk about the NHL. Um, we're going to talk about the trade deadline. We're going to talk about uh, some of the trades that went, went down, and you know, the deadline is next Monday. It's the 25th, so it's right the day after we're going to record episode five. So on that episode, I'm going to talk about some of the trades and, and make, be on the lookout for other trades. So, when's the trade deadline? The twenty fifth. Next Monday. Next Monday. Day after we record. Yeah. Do I smell a potential half episode being released midweek? If there's a big trade that we really want to talk about, yeah. Or a big news trade. I think there's going to be. Well, we'll right? see. We'll see. We both feel like there might be. Yeah, we're talking. There might be. We'll we'll see what is going on. So, since the last time we talked about it. One of the trades that went down, um, you know, there haven't been any big, big names moving just yet. Um, but one of the biggest names that, that was moved is Cam Talbot. Um, he's got traded from Edmonton to the Flyers, which I don't understand that move 100% because they have this young goaltender. Um, I for, his name is Hart. I don't know his first name, but it's Hart something, rookie, and he came out on fire. He was like 11-0 and in his first couple of decisions. His, his goals against was one-something. One um, and, you know, he's been playing really, really well. And, and um, you know, trading for another, star, another starting goaltender in Cam Talbot. Carter Hart. That's the guy's name. Carter Hart. And why would you trade for a starting goaltender in Cam Talbot when you have Carter Hart, who's performing. Unless they think it's just a flash in the pan and he's going to go on the downturn, I'm not sure. The other trade that went down that, you know, is kind of has a big name in it is Sam Gagne. He got traded from Vancouver to Edmonton for ex-ranger Ryan Spooner, who, was only, who had a, only had a cup of coffee in Edmonton. Um, he was traded by the Rangers to Edmonton for Ryan Strom, a couple of months ago, and now he's on his way to Vancouver. And, you know, I feel bad for Ryan Spooner. He's a good hockey player, and he just hasn't put it together this year. Um, but next week, on the next week's episode, I'm going to look at the on TSN's website, and they have a trade bait list of some of the top names that are on the trade block, and I'm going to give you my idea or my take on where they might go and what they're worth. Like uh, names like Panarin... Duchesne, Stone, Wayne Simmons, Kevin Hayes, Matt Zuccarello, Nyquist, Jimmy Howard, and Charlie Coyle, and Sergei Bobrovsky, who are in the top 11 on this list. Um, and we'll see what happens. And like Chen's referred to, if there's something that goes down that we really want to talk about, not wait till, you know, March 3rd to talk about it, because it'll be almost a week after the deadline. We're going to jump in and uh, during the week and give you uh, a half episode of just talking about hockey. Um, another hockey thing that popped up that was really cool was the Anaheim Ducks are finally again starting to embrace the Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. Like the Mighty Ducks that are the reason why Anaheim has a team called the Mighty Ducks. And 
Um, they brought some of the cast back from the movie. Like you saw Julie the Cat Gaffney, uh, Connie Moreau. You saw, uh, what was his name? Um, Fulton was there, the big bad boy, you know, the Bash Brothers. Half, Bash of, the, Brother, half yeah. of the Bash Brothers were yeah. there um, <clears throat> wearing their original D5 jerseys, those green jerseys from the first movie. Um, and it was cool, but it was kind of sad because you didn't see Charlie Conway. Joshua Jackson wasn't there for that. But it's cool because you've seen they're running some of these ads. They brought back that jersey with the Duck logo from D2, from the second movie when they were Team USA, and they beat Iceland and Gunnar Stahl in the penalty, in the penalty shootout for the junior goodwill games um i love that i love that trilogy they gotta make more trilogies like that if you they don't me. make movies like that anymore man they, that that's a good fucking movie the movies. mighty ducks no movies. movies i'm just saying it. the whole the whole uh series that the mighty ducks the worst one was d3 when they went to that private academy and bombay wasn't even in the freaking movie wasn't that the one though wasn't that the one where uh the other bash brother Showed up last minute. Showed up last minute, and he gets, like, sent to the box, like, right away, and he just starts, like, stripping. <laughs> Dude, the fuck? Knuckle puck? The knuckle puck. Oh, God. Thompson? Keenan Thompson? No. Yeah, Keenan Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keenan Thompson played that the character. Cow- the cowboy? The cowboy. Uh, Dwayne. Uh, kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, fuck, what was that kid's name? Um, I believe it was Stinky on Hey Arnold. Stinky on Hey Arnold. Yeah, the tall, the tall, like the redneck of the group. Oh yeah, <laughs> had the fucking like spike chain on his wrist. He was he was Yahoo Soda. Yeah, <laughs> just drank it. So I thought that was I thought that was a cool little. Yeah, we are fuck it. We are all over the fucking place. Today. Yeah, we're all. Hey, you know what? That's that's how you know these conversations go. Sometimes you know this is what happens when you're not scripted. But back to the NHL and like getting out of our childhood. Back for, to sports. Back to sports for after we reminisce for a little while. The playoff picture. So, mm. right now, if the season were to end today, if the season were to end today, these are how the, this is how the playoff matchups would shake out. In the Eastern Conference, Tampa Bay would actually play Carolina in the first round. Then, it pains me as a Ranger fan to say this, but oh, the Fish Stick New York Islanders would be playing Montreal. Um, Washington would play uh, Columbus, Tampa Bay, again, would play Carolina, Boston, and Toronto. So, decent matchups. And you know what name I didn't mention in the playoff picture? Who's it's that? The Pittsburgh Penguins are out of the playoff picture right now, struggling to get into the playoffs. They're a point behind Carolina. I don't think they'll have any issues. I think they'll find a way. They'll f- they always are do. Are they going... Do you think they're going to make a a trade? They might. I mean, they're a team that might be looking for some scoring, for some secondary scoring maybe. Um, I mean, they have their goaltender. They have Malkin. They have Crosby. They have Letang. Um, maybe they're going to look for some a piece that can support that cast, that core. So we'll see. Maybe, hopefully. Hopefully not. I would love to. I, I want somebody different. You know, I'm sick and tired of seeing Pittsburgh in the Eastern yeah, but Conference. It's like the Patriots. That's exactly why I'm sick of them. I know, but they're fucking great. So, you know... Um, Speak, act- speaking of great movies, by the way. All over the place. I'm sorry, but I just I just remembered it. Speaking of great movies, I was watching Remember the Titans yesterday. Haven't seen that shit in a long time. Great fucking movie, man. 
Great, great movie. Every time I hear uh, "Ain't No Mountain Higher," I think I think I remember the Titans. But back to the playoff picture. Um, after Pittsburgh, who's a point out of the playoff spot right now, Buffalo is got sixty three points, so they're five points out of a playoff spot. Uh, Philadelphia, after their hot run, is seven points out, and you got the Rangers, who are ten points out. Um, so there's a bit of a spread here, and. You know, the Eastern Conference, I think, you know, outside of Buffalo, there are really no other teams that are going to uh, really push for a playoff spot. Um, I don't think Philly or the Rangers or even Florida have enough to jump all these teams to get to a a playoff spot. Um, And as a Ranger fan, I'd rather see them, you know, fall down the standings just to get a higher draft pick to help them in that rebuild. Um in the Western Conference right now, um, Calgary is the one seed. So they're going to be playing Minnesota. Uh, Winnipeg is the two seed. They're going to be playing Dallas. You got Nashville and St. Louis. In the in that matchup in the Central and in the Pacific, you got the Vegas Golden Knights against San Jose. Um, and then outside of the playoff picture, it's a little bit of a tighter race than in the, than in the East. Um, like some of the teams that are out of the playoff playoff race in the East would be right there in the West. Uh, Vancouver is one point out of a playoff spot. Arizona is three points and Colorado's three points and Chicago's actually starting to make a little bit of a move. They're three points out as well. And then you got Edmonton, Anaheim and the Kings. So right now the, the team with the best percentage to get the uh, first overall pick is the Ottawa Senators. They have 49 points, uh, to the Kings, uh, 52 points. So that's where you start talking about the draft. You know, what do you do? You, you know, you're in the middle of it, but you have to jump four or five teams to get to that. You need a lot of help. What do you do? Do you, do you try to get as much percentage for the lottery? So you can guarantee yourself a top three pick or do you push and see, um, you know, there's a lot of talk out of Rangerland that, they're really the Rangers are actually maybe changing their mind on Zuccarello, and they might talk finally talk about an extension with him. And the cool thing is, is this might be a Rawlins Chapman type mm. situation where they can trade him and get a nice pick for him, and then re-sign him in the summer because Zuc came out and said that he's open to re-signing with the Rangers even if he gets traded. So I think that's something to look out for and keep an eye on. Um, but that's pretty much it with hockey. You know, we're still waiting for some of these trades to come down and for the shoe to drop on some of these other trades. Uh, so chance, take it away with, you know, this news fest that was NBA all-star weekend. Um, yeah. All right. <clears throat> As you know, uh, NBA all-star weekend was well, actually technically still going on tonight's the, the, Crown jewel of the weekend, I guess, is the uh, all-star game draft format again. Uh, LeBron and Giannis are the captains, and I talked about this, what was it, episode three, about the ESPN, the bogus fucking uh, like game you can play and how LeBron isn't, whatever, I'm not even getting back into that. The teams are set, they're ready to go. Tonight's a game, and I have zero interest in watching because I don't want to see teams score 
two hundred points each, and no. D- okay, great. Woo hoo! Dunks. Wow. Woo. Great. He dunked. He's six eight. He's a fucking all star in the NBA. Wow. Amazing. I don't give a shit. All right, the all star game is a bunch of shit. I mean, is there any all star game that you like to watch? The all the uh, NHL all star game. Why? Because it's fun. It's but why? Ah, it's three on three. Different story. I just think the NBA just, I mean, NBA, the NFL, that's the worst of them all. The NFL All-Star, the Pro Bowl, and then the MLB All-Star game is all right. For some reason, I don't know, there's like like more mystique with baseball. You see all the players together on the field. It's kind of cool to see. NBA doesn't have that same lore because you know why? Everyone's already fucking joining forces anyway. Big deal. Well, and plus the fact, you know, in the even in the NFL, they tried the fantasy draft and they they got rid of that. But the NHL, the MLB, and the and uh, the NFL, they I don't know if I just said the NFL twice. You did. Okay. The NHL, the NFL, and the MLB, they play within their conference and their divisions and their leagues. So like the American League plays the National League, the Metropolitan Division plays the Atlantic Division. All the all the teams play together in their respective divisions. They're not just random teams thrown together. Like, I understand fantasy sports and the hall it holds in, in our lives, but, you know, this is your... To- like, I don't understand it. It just doesn't make I, I sense think it's me. I think it's like a kind of like a pickup game kind of theme. You know what I mean? Like, you're like oh, you're, you're just you're just playing, playing ball at the park and you're picking teams, right? Like, what if these guys were just playing together and, like, how would they make the teams pick up? So I think that's what they're going for. I don't really have a problem with that. It's just, I mean, I don't I want. I, I don't want to sound like a fucking old man. And like, I I love, I love like scoring. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes just enough is enough. I don't know. Like like the um, rising star challenge. You had the the team USA versus team world, and um, Trey Young was put it through uh, two people's legs and then made a layup. Like these, those guys weren't even trying to guard him. They just like. DeAndre Ayton, Ayton, whatever the fuck his name is, stood there. He's like six, no, seven fucking three. And Trey Young just bounced the ball through his legs, caught it on the other side, and laid it up. And they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> got me there. Dude, you weren't even playing. So don't even give me that shit. You got something? I got something. Go ahead. So let's talk about these skill competitions that went down yesterday. So they had the three point contest, the dunk contest, and the uh, skills competition. And I remember. A couple of years ago, not even a couple of years ago, maybe like five years ago, maybe even longer than that, where I actually got excited about the dunk contest because some of the people that participating were names that you knew. And even if you look back at the old footage, footage like Spud Webb, um, did Jordan ever do a dunk contest? Of course he did, right? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You know, you had Jordan doing dunk contests. Vince Carter. Dominique Wilkins and Jordan had fucking battles. You know, Dominique Wilkins and Jordan. You know, you had Dr. Dre, you had... You know, I already said Vince Vince Carter was there. Didn't Kobe do one too? Yeah, I think once. Yeah, you know, LeBron James never has fucking done a a, a dunk contest. You know, these stars. You know, you're getting these no name stars. Who who who's the fucking guy that won? I don't even know if I can pronounce his fucking name. Mahamadou Diallo. Mahamadou Diallo. Who the fuck is he? He's a, he's a young guy. Yeah, exactly. But who the fuck is he? If you're trying to get people interested that don't watch the game very much into your skill competitions, you need to have a name. You know, and not for nothing, they throw the dunk contest at the end of skills competition, 
when you're already bored out of your mind after watching the three-point contest and watching the skills competition. You know, oh, big whoop de doo a, a guy can pass a fucking basketball, you know, through a hoop. That's not fun. And it's not interesting. It's boring. I didn't even know the skills competition was on. I woke up this morning and I got an update on my phone. Oh, shit. There's the skills competition. Oh, I didn't even know. Like, the most exciting thing so far that came out of this thing was the 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 technology jerseys that were that they were talked about. Adam Silver uh, showed this thing that he can change people's jerseys on their phone. It's like technology, and that's like the new thing. That's the most exciting thing about this weekend that they've come out with. I mean, I'm not a big basketball fan to begin with. Um, you know, I follow the sport. I played the sport, but I can't watch a basketball game um, right now. I can't sit down. I mean, the Knicks are terrible. But it's not like I could sit down like with baseball. I could sit down and watch two random teams on the West Coast play each other at 10 o'clock at night and actually be interested. You know, I can't watch any of these basketball games because even like, even some of the pre the regular season games, the score is so high. You know, if I had to sit down and watch a basketball game, I'd probably watch a college game. And I don't even watch college basketball either. You know, like, it's because they actually play defense. They actually try, you know, to, to keep the scoring to a minimum. I mean, think of it this way. I'm, we're watching the highlights now. Duke is playing NC State. You know, there's a minute left. The score is 88 to 76. You're not going to see that kind of score uh, in the NBA. R- rarely do you. Never. You, know, you see 115. You know, even the Knicks. The Knicks average over 90 points a game. And they're one of the worst teams in the in the league. If not the worst team in the league. They got 11 fucking wins. You know. Right. Technically, they are the worst team in the league. You know, and they average. How many points do they average a game? If you looked it up. Okay, Knicks average. I'm going to look it up right now. Because, you know, this is how much I don't give a fuck about it. I don't even have it up on my computer. Nick average points per game. Worst. worst. Here we go. So, looking it up. They're 11 and 47. Okay. They average points per game. This is, I need the team average. What's the team average? These are just the season totals. 105.3. Okay. So the worst team in the NBA averages 105 points a game. How does that make any sense? And that's 26 out of 30. Exactly. You know, like, if you looked at the the worst college team, they're probably averaging 75 points a game. About. I would say. You know. So stupid. Like... This is what I mean. Can I get into this, please? You know. Are you done? So, uh, happy birthday to one of the greatest basketball players ever, Michael Jordan. Is it a birthday today? Yep. Wow. So, yeah, he's, he's uh, what is he, fucking GM of the... Of he's the, the owner of owner the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, owner of the Hornets in the All-Star game today. That's pretty cool. All right, yeah. So, as Puma said, uh... All the the skills stuff. I, I like the dunk contest being last because even though it sucked, it's what everyone looks forward to. No one cares about skills competition. Nobody cares about the three-point. Do you know who won the three-point contest? No. guy named Joe Harris. Who the fuck is he? Joe Harris. He's a white dude that plays for the Nets. Joe Harris. You know who, you know who he beat? Steph Curry. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Book, a broken clock is right. Yeah, but twice the, a day. the 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 three point contest had 
real participants. They had good shooters. Like Steph Curry's playing in the three-point contest. Listen, they're NBA players. If they can't make a three... Stop, stop, stop. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. It's not about... First of all, it's not about... Um, no one doubts that they like they can make it. They're not impressed with that the fact that they're making it. It's how many they're making in a restricted amount of time. These guys don't have a lot of fucking time. Oh, okay. You're, he's wagging, he's waving his fucking finger around like this. Are you more impressed with the home run derby? Yeah. Of course I am. A man hitting a ball over 550 feet is more exciting than a guy. He's not beat. He's not hitting a 90 mile an hour fastball. So. He's hitting a fucking perfect pitch batting practice. If you can't hit a home run and you're a slugger and you can't hit a home run, kiss my ass. Look, chicks dig the long ball. Chicks don't dig a three-point contest. Chicks dig three-pointers. Bring it to the fans. Who are they, what would they rather watch? The MLB I, home run derby I'm or not, a three-point Holy contest? shit, I'm not saying I wouldn't rather watch it. You're, you're, the argument here is that I'm not impressed by an NBA player making three-pointers. You're impressed with a, with a fucking grown professional baseball player hitting a ball over the fence during a batting practice pitch. Okay. Let me, let when, me... when, 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 when he's not under time. Yes, he is under time. No, they're under pitches now, time. isn't it? It's time? Time. How much time did they get? Like three minutes, four minutes. They changed it to time. It used to be outs. Used to All be right, fine. Ten outs. Fine, fine, fine. Fine, you're right. I, I forgot. You're right. All right, but still... At least the three-point contest has four minutes. Has names. Steph Curry, I believe Damian Lillard was in it. Um, Steph Curry's brother, so that was a cool sibling battle. Uh, then the dunk contest, Hamadou Diallo won. I mean, I saw the highlights. His dunks were pretty cool. Uh, but the rest of the dunks didn't really do much right Dennis Smith Jr. was in it his dunks were cool my my thing with this is that at this point what dunks haven't you seen you know what I mean it's not like how many times can you actually dunk a basketball where it becomes creative creative right and it's not their fault you know what I mean it's not these players faults it's just Things been going on for so long now. It's it's like nothing's really innovative anymore. I mean, now they break out all these stupid props. Like you got this fucking guy yesterday. The fuck's his name? Sam Johnson. I don't even know his name. I really don't give a fuck. He he tried to uh, pay tribute to the Wright brothers. He brought out this this model plane, put it on the ground. Okay, that first of all, it's just so stupid. And he puts on the stupid aviator hat. Like the, the, the stupid fucking scarf, and he's tiptoeing over to the fucking the, the fucking uh, plane, and it, all this buildup. Every oh, and he had and he had he had people he had mo- like models with the fucking whole wardrobe, um, standing around the plane area. You know he had his whole big setup. Everyone's trying like, whoa yeah, here we go. And what does he do? He fucking clips the wing, and destroys the plane. All he did was dunk it. He didn't even do a trick. He just jumped over it. Didn't even clear it. Broke it. Like, you're going through all these lengths, the props and all this shit, and you can't even get that right. Even if he didn't hit the plane, I wouldn't have been like, 
Oh my God, amazing. What used to also make the dunk contest great were the reactions of the players on the bench or in the, in the stands, like watching, mm-hmm. right? Like Shaq and, and uh, Garnett, everyone just like falling on top of each other, like in disbelief, you know? Now it's like everyone's like, oh, nice, yeah, great dunk, man. Ah, I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't do it for me. So, the last great dunk contest, in my opinion, was two thousand with uh, Vince Carter versus. Uh, Wasn't Jason Richardson in that one? No. Or is he? It was after that. Yeah, it was after. No, but Vince Carter, when he got like, he almost dunked four perfect dunks. I think he got a fifty, a forty-eight, fifty, fifty. I mean, but his dunks were so creative. So different that no one ever saw that before. So they have to give that credit to him. Now today, it's just, it's just I don't know, it's just nothing. So can I? I want to go back to one thing you said about what would you rather watch, the home run derby? I would rather okay. watch the home run derby. Okay, I just want to show you. I something. would rather watch the home run derby. I just want to, I just want to make this very clear. I'm going to say it one more time. I would rather watch the home run derby. Okay. Well, I got lucky enough to be at the 2008 home run derby. At Yankee Stadium, in the old Yankee Stadium, I was there. I didn't even know that. Okay, I saw Josh Hamilton hit 28 home runs in the first round and hit a couple of balls out of Yankee Stadium over the bleachers against the back wall, and that was the first round. All right, Puma. And when, you, when you're hitting it out of the fucking stadium, it's it's that's that's different. That's freakish, okay? Like, when Judge was hitting those fucking bombs, that's different, all right? The ball simply clearing the fence, big deal. Okay, so that was before there was a clock. When they instituted the clock, so let's go back to last year's home run derby. Let's just look at the field, okay? Jesus Aguilar, everybody knows who he is. Bryce Hoskins, everybody knows who he is. Alex Bregman, Kyle Schwarber. Max Muncy, Javier Baez, Bryce Harper, Freddie Freeman. These are yes stars and names that people know. Yes. So they will go. To, they go through four minute rounds. So it's an endurance thing. They're not just taking their time. They got four minutes. They got a couple of timeouts to stop. So and they do brackets. So it's not even like American League versus National League. It's Bracket. So, like, in the final, it was Schwarber against Harper, which a national against a Cub. Two National League teams. And, you know, the exciting thing about it is Harper Harper won by a home run. He hit 19 home runs in four minutes. That's insane. Okay? He beat Schwarber by a home run. Harp, uh, Schwarber hit 18. So, when you look at, when I say, oh, you know, big whoop-de-doo, they can you know, run to a spot and make a three-pointer, right? That's the game today. The game is three-point shooting. The game is spot shooting, shooting on, you know, and even though they're trying to hit as many as they can in a short amount of time and they have to go around the arc, it's like around the world, pretty much. You know, I don't, I know, and I know, I'm not saying you don't. I know you'd rather watch the Home Run Derby, right? But you're a bigger basketball fan than I am. And you'd still rather watch the home run derby. Yeah. That says something. That says that they need to fix it. Yeah. Okay. I'm, the argument isn't what I would rather watch. It's the fact that you're unimpressed by 
the three pointers. We're not even talking about the fucking the thing. Whole thing started with three point contest. But anyway, whatever. Yeah, I, they, MLB. They draw the they draw the fans. They, I'm sorry. They draw the the big names to their respective contests. And I mean, but that's it though. Like MLB only has the game and the home run derby. That's it, right? They don't have like a like a fielding competition. They don't have like a pitcher try to throw through a thing. One more thing before we move on with the dunk contest is that I think the reason why these big names aren't participating, I think this is what I've, from what I heard, I don't really know, is that they're worried about getting hurt, right? And I don't, I can't remember a player getting hurt from a dunk contest and putting their season in jeopardy. So why don't you want to do it? Like, why can't we have, like, why couldn't we see a LeBron, I'm not saying LeBron does it now, but like a younger LeBron, Westbrook, okay, another great dunker. Uh, who else? Who else is a great dunker right now? I mean, I don't know. DeMar DeRozan was a good, pretty good dunker. There's not really many dunkers now. They're all shooters. Yeah. Well, that's why the three-point contest was, was full of, well, not full of names, but more names. Because they're all shooters. But they're now, guys are shooters. the MLB Home Run Derby, people should... That's a contest that the stars should not want to participate in, especially after what happened with Judge, right? What happened with Judge? When he participated in the Home Run Derby, right? He was having a great season. And then he participated. Everyone's like, oh, it's, he's going to fuck up his swing. He's going to fuck up his swing. And then what happened? He didn't have the same season that he had, right? Uh, the biggest guy that had happened to was Abreu. I'm talking about just recent. Recent? I'm, yeah, George was a couple years ago. Um, I don't remember him going through a big slide. No. What? No. What? Check this shit right now. But it's funny you say that because that was my next point. Yeah. Is that you know some of the stars don't participate in the home run derby only because they're afraid it's going to ruin their swing because even though they fucking strike out all the time anyway. But that's besides the point. Um. That you know they're gonna ruin their swing because they're dipping and jacking, and they're really trying to get underneath the ball and dipping and jacking sounds like something else. <laughs> but that's what they call it. You dip and jack. You dip the back shoulder. You try to get underneath the ball, and you don't hit the ball. So I'm looking up Aaron Judge's numbers right now on on, on Baseball Reference. So uh, it was 2017. 2017, he ended up with 50, 52 home runs. Um, I don't know. Let's see if they have it by month on here. Um, I don't think they do. I'm pretty sure he went through a, a, a slump. Um, let's see. Batting splits, 2017. So... These are just through... This is just splits. Here we go. First half. First half, he hit 30 home runs, 66 RBIs. Second what half... What was his average? He hit 329. Okay. Then, in the second half, he hit 22 home runs for 48 RBIs. And average. he hit 230. Mm. But his slugging percentage was just as close. He hit... Yeah, okay. So, but, he still hit but, the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because you know why? Because he just got off a fucking home run derby. 
He knows how to hit, he, he he knew how to hit the ball far, but he was hitting for average before as well as hitting the ball out. And then his average took a dip. He was not hitting as frequently. But if you remember, now I don't know if this was home run derby based, but in July he hit 230 and he hit 13 home runs. August he hit 7. He hit 7. But then he turned it back on in September and he hit 311 and hit 32 yeah. and hit yes. 13 home runs, 15 yes. home runs. Yes. But Judge had a shoulder problem, and we, they don't know if that was from the home run derby or if he was dealing with that shoulder problem and it just came back barking. You know, if so, I, you know, that was something that was talked about as well. So, you know, talking about baseball in the home run derby now. You know, we were just talking about Harper and him winning the home run derby last year. Um, there's an article out on the MLB Network app. Um, and it says, how close is Harper to making his decision? And there's not a hunt, there's no evidence here. But there, you know, since the MLB hot stove is not hot, it's quite, kind of like lukewarm at this I point. Know what, what, I don't even know what it is. That shit's like. I don't even know. That's off. It's disgusting. It's fucking off. It's disgusting. It's easy bake oven. Hmm. I don't even think, I don't, I don't think it's, it's colder than that. But there's. You know, we were talking about it yesterday, and by the look of it, just because of an Instagram comment post that he made, that it looks like he's leaning towards signing with the Phillies, just because he commented in our Rise Hoskins Instagram account, saying, what did he say? What's up, dude? Suck, kid. Yeah, suck, kid, whatever the fuck that means. So, you know... I mean, that, that's good for me if he signs with Philly because I win my bet. You have to wear the hot dog costume. But <laughs> I don't, you know, really think that you can really make an Instagram post and say that he's going to the Phillies. You know, there's really nothing coming out other than the fact he met with, with San Diego last week and Machado met with San Diego as well. So they're trying to make a push and jump in. Um, but... You know, there's really nothing to talk about with Harper. You know, it's the same thing. It's, you know, why is it, why why are these teams not willing to pay Harper, who's a generational talent, 26 years old? Even if you sign him to a 10-year deal, he's out of, you're out of the deal at 36. And plus, with all these new opt-outs they add into these contracts, he might be out of the deal earlier and out of your hair. It might not be the 10-year deal. And, you know, I don't... I don't know about Harper. I know he's not coming to the Yankees. I can say that 100%. Unless something is going on that nobody's talking about. I know the Yankee reputation. Like they did it with Teixeira. They came out of nowhere, signed Teixeira in that offseason in 2009. Um, but that really, that's not the Yankees of today to do that. It's not the Yankees of today to jump in right last minute and just blow everybody out of the water and they're just going to sign. So... You know, pitchers and catchers reported last week. And the position players reported. You know, they start games, spring training games start next week. Like, you know, you know if you're going to sign a Harper or Machado, that they're going to be they're behind the eight ball. They're going to be missing out on some of bats. You know, some of these players need the spring training to get going. You know. Not yeah. all. Not all, but most. I remember when Teixeira came up. He's even with the spring training, he was terrible. 
You know, Giambi was terrible when he first came to the Yankees. He didn't have his first Yankee moment until he hit that home, that grand slam against the Twins in the rain in May to win the game. You know, but it's it's just I don't know. I really don't know, and I it's so hard to talk about Harper and Machado because there's really nothing to go on other than a few meetings here or there. They actually came out with numbers for the Yankees and what they would sign um, Machado to. It's eight years, 220, I think it was. Eight years and 220. I would sign that for Machado. I think, as a Yankee fan, I think the best, closest chance you have to either one of them is Machado, just because they've been linked to Machado more than Harper. And like I said, just because... This is not the Yankees of 2009. This, these aren't your father's Yankees. These aren't the George Steinbrenner Yankees. Well, they will just sign anybody and anything and then worry about the ramifications yeah, later. You're right. you're right. So you really can't sit here and say, oh, well, just because there's nothing coming up but doesn't th- mean they're These guys aren't like 30. Well, that's the problem. I, I, no, 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 no. I know that's a problem. But the Yankees of old were signing guys that, you know, they were they were either at the very end of their prime or they're just out of their prime. And they're expecting to, you know, strike a, a second gold with these guys, you know, like Randy Johnson. Did he have a good Yankee career? No, no. <laughs> you know how his Yankee career started? He got into a fight with a reporter, pushed the camera away. Yeah, from so him. like he, he's, but he's a fucking Hall of Famer, you know. But we didn't get that. So you're right about that. Not the old Yankees of old signing these big names that aren't quite what they used to be. These are guys that are in their prime. They're some of the best. Arguably the best players in the league, you know. That's where your frustration gets into. Why? Why aren't they signed? And I totally agree. But I, I'm still not out of the realm of thinking that the Yankees are going to sign one of these guys. Now, do you think they have a bigger, a better chance of signing one over the other, or is, do you think it's like completely even? I think they have a better chance of signing Machado only because they can cut Tulowitzki for nothing. They're going to cut him? They can just cut him for nothing. But they just got him. doesn't matter. That was one of the big things. What if he can't stay healthy in spring training? They're already talking about babying the hell out of him. So, you know, you sign him to the veteran minimum. You're not paying him anything. All he has is a no-trade clause. So you can cut him and cut your losses, and that's it. Now, this is the thing This is the thing I always say about baseball is, like, it's crazy how fast things happen. You know, not so long ago was Troy Tulowitzki a, a, a fucking name, you know? And then he signs with the Blue Jays as a big, big signing, right? Mm-hmm. But then just kind of faded away. And now you're talking about him as, as if he's he's fucking has one arm, he's fucking blind, and he can't do anything, right? Sign him to the veteran minimum. If he if he sucks, fucking cut him. Fuck him. It's crazy how fast that happens. I feel like baseball is the only sport, and maybe football. I don't know like what what to attribute that to. Like football. The physical nature of the game, right, wears these guys down. And baseball, maybe it's the longevity of the season, mm-hmm. or maybe it's because the seasons are so long that se- seasons start to blend into one another. Because I'm, I just said it wasn't, it wasn't too long ago where he was a, a, a household name, right? But when you think about it, it kind of was. Now that last time he was on the Rockies, right? But it doesn't seem like that, so that's why I always I always get that feeling of wow, wasn't this guy just not too long ago? Wasn't he just killing it? But it wasn't. 
was a good good while ago. Well, he was good. He was good with the Blue Jays when he first got there. When he first got there. Yeah, and then right. he played. He's played sixty six games in two years, and the, mm-hmm. all those games were in twenty seventeen. Him play last year. Right. You know, so he really is. You know, a low risk, high reward type right. of signing. Right. If you can, if so, you can get that, if you can tap into that talent again, strike gold. Then that's a great signing by the Yankees. But whether they, they don't really need him to be, to be that. No, if he hits two sixty, stays healthy, and plays good shortstop, that's all you need. But he's not. He's not going to play regular shortstop. He's there. Every, he's right now. He's their opening day right shortstop. Now. Well, once Didi comes back, he's not. Well, yeah, but you don't know when Didi Tommy John is so weird. You don't know when he's going to come back. He can come back in July, August, or September. What about uh, Lemayhew? Lemayhew is a super utility. is a Gold Glove second baseman. If you're going to use him in the infield, they're going to slide Torres over to short. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So now. Tulowitzki's not going to be playing, even though he's the opening day starter. Right now, he's the everyday shortstop. He's not going to be playing every single day. No. So, for those games that he does play, if he can hit, if he can hit a fucking dinger every once in a while, play good fielding. You know, I fine. mean, yeah, right. but would you take would you take a Trey Tulowitzki, or would you take? A Manny Machado. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, that's what I'm saying. Machado, like, you fucking exactly. Manny Machado. That's why they should sign Machado. They yeah, shouldn't no, no, no. say I, Troy Troy I, mean, I, I want I want Harper for the left bat. Well, of course. Right you know, you know how I feel about that. About lefty righty, and you know, if you could sign Harper. Now listen, I'm just saying Harper's not going to be in the Yankees based on what's coming out. I would love to have Harper. Just nothing. If I lost that bet and yeah. I had to wear the hot dog costume, I would happily wear it. Exactly. That's but, both of us to say that. But at the same time. You know, if you can get a Harper in here and you can make it work and, you know, they are and they do make that, that splash out of nowhere, you know, he slides right into that three-hole in between Judge and Stanton. I mean, that's crazy. That's that's crazy just to think about that. Yeah. And the fact that it, it's a slim possibility is the reason why we're talking about it. I mean, Cashman came out yesterday and said that I, he wouldn't he, he won't say specifically who what he's doing cuz he doesn't want to show his hand but he wants to just let everybody know that he's doing his job because people aren't happy that they haven't signed one of these guys yet and he said this is a quote from Brian Cashman he goes whether those two players or other players that aren't as significant name value the job at hand is to consistently be open minded to ways to make this work the best it can possibly work we like what we've done to this point, and we, we're a never finished product. Yeah. So, I saw, I've unquote. Seen this. Yeah, I've seen this. Unquote. Before. So, if you really sit down and look at this this team, you know, could they use a Harper? Of course they could. You know, you shouldn't let stop Brett Gardner and Jacoby Ellsbury, who's hurt again. Oh, God. Mind you. Let's get him out of here. So, you know. I have a lot to say. Is he the worst? I have is he, a. Is he I the have worst a lot ever. to say about Jacoby Ellsbury. Right now, right now, right now. Is <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me ask you first. I'm just laughing because this is. A, I love that I'm asking you this. <laughs> Who's a worse signing for the Yankees, Jacoby Ellsbury or Carl Pavano? If you had to put me in that shell, I would say Jacoby Ellsbury. This fucking guy signs a seven-year, $125 million contract and has played 
Two years of that contract, healthy. Okay, He is not a 22, whatever how many fucking million dollars a year player he is. You're paying him to stay away. Why the fuck you want to waste that money? And not for nothing, that money could have went towards a Robinson Cano. You know, they spent Robinson Cano's money on this fucking dumpster fire that is Jacoby Ellsbury. Okay? He's he's not reporting to training camp because of plantar fasciitis. That's why he's not coming. Okay? Carl Provano at least got into a car accident and he's, his, he hurt his ass. It was a bruised buttocks or something like that. Okay? That makes more sense of being hurt because you can't walk and you can't sit. It's like you got fucking hemorrhoids compared to a plantar fasciitis. Now... I'm going to name drop somebody right here. And he's a great guy. I talk to him every day. The guy who runs my men's league baseball team had plantar fasciitis. And he played through it. He played through it. So stop. Get the sand out of your fucking vagina. And show up to camp. You know what it means? It means that Jacoby Ellsbury is being told by the Yankees, stay away. Please stay away. We don't want you here. We don't want you here. So if instead of paying the guy $21 million, buy him out. Buy him out. He is the worst contract that the Yankees have ever signed. Okay, worse than Carl Pavano, worse than Jarrett Wright, worse than Randy Johnson, worse than um, Kevin Brown. Brown, You know, and you notice they're all pitchers, all the names that we just added. The second worst position player that the Yankees ever signed that turned out to be absolutely nothing was... No, not John Vanderwall. <laughs> I just love saying that. Thing. John random. Vanderwall. <laughs> random guy. Um, what the fuck was his name? Um, I'd rather have like, I'd rather have like Sal Fasano, the mustache wearing Sal Fasano for seven years than Jacoby Ellsbury for seven years. And he was a fucking backup catcher. Like, or I'd rather have, have them bring back Melky Cabrera than have Jacoby Ellsbury. You know, Jacoby Ellsbury... I'd rather them. Is, I'd I, rather them get rid of Ellsbury and sign fucking Harper, huh? How about that? Or like you said, don't let fucking Brett Gardner stand in the way of Bryce Harper. You know, I mean, not for nothing. Like I said last a couple weeks ago, I don't give a fuck who signs these guys. Somebody just pay them. I know I even brought up the fact that a Chinese team can jump in and pay this fucking guy. Somebody pay him, please. You're ruining everything. And these and so, you know what's funny is. They ask players about the situation, and they all say the same thing. It's sad. It's sad. 26-year-old guys who devoted their their life to the sport, who played this game at a high level consistently, isn't signed yet because they don't want to pay them. How the fuck does that make sense? How? How? I would love to hear a rational reasoning to why, other than the fact that you want to stay close to the luxury tax, even though the Yankees are already over the luxury tax. Um, your outfield is full. Not for nothing. Aaron Hicks is a free agent next year. Are you going to sign him, really? Are you really going to sign Aaron Hicks? I like Aaron Hicks. I love him. Great center fielder. Switch great glove, switch hitter. Good pop. You can hit the ball for, you know, speed, whatever. But at the same time... Are you going to let him... Are you going to let... Bryce Harper. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you think about it, the Yankees that are signed under contract that you have to worry about are Stanton. You're gonna Judge is gonna be a lifelong Yankee. You know you know that already. Uh, Clint Frazier, if they don't trade him, which I which I feel like he you have to give him a chance. Yeah, of course. And I and I want I know he hates this nickname, but I want Red Thunder in left field if they don't sign Harper. 
I want him to win the job. Yeah. Okay. But I don't see why a Brett Gardner, a Jacoby Ellsbury, and fucking my left nut is the reason why you're not signing Bryce Harper. I love Brett Gardner. I know you do. I do. do. He's He's a Yankee favorite. If you are uh, Cashman, you got to just say to yourself, listen, we're the fucking Yankees. We've got money. Nobody spends more than us. Nobody misses out on the big players. Um, I don't even know if that made sense, but we should cut that out. Um, let's get this fucking guy, right? Do what we got to do. It, it, listen, Brett Gardner, great. You've 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 served our team well over the years. Thank you for all you've done. But now is a time in the baseball timeline that Bryce Harper. Everyone's been waiting for him to become a free agent, and we've been waiting patiently. Okay, we've put up with your mediocre numbers for years. You've served us good. Now it's time to to really do that. Outfield is going to be amazing if if they all form together. Baseball is what have you done for me lately? It's not what have you done for me in the past. And <laughs> that's that's exactly that's bullshit. Why do you think that's bullshit? What have you done for me lately? Yeah, right? what do you, you yeah. think that's what it's like now? Well, I'm just no, no, no. Yeah, what, you're treating it as if what have you done for me? Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, is that what what way we're talking about how you've been good for us in the past, but now it's time to move on. It's what have you done for me lately? Gardner hasn't done anything lately. No, but that's my point. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm agreeing with you. Oh, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, I think Gardner's here more for a veteran presence more than anything else. Just I, like, no, just I like don't. my man who just announced that this is his last season, uh, CC Sabathia. Yeah. Okay, great Yankee. Uh, love the guy. Love the fact that you know he's retiring as a Yankee. Um, he's been a great Yankee. He's one of the best lefties of all time. Um, you know, I mean, it's really, really, uh, nice that he actually has a chance to, um, kind of write out the season as like a rite of passage. Um, do I think he's going to get the same attention as Jeter and David Ortiz in their fair and, and no, Mo and no, the, no, he no won't, way, no way. he won't, but I think that, and he shouldn't. And I think that he, based on his numbers, and his career numbers, uh, he's a borderline, borderline Hall of Famer. Why do you say borderline? Why do you say borderline? Because I'm just looking at his career numbers. He's career. He's two forty six, one fifty three. You got a three point seven zero ERA career. Okay, he's not going to get to three hundred wins. Okay, if he gives you ten, I can see him getting to two at the most two sixty, which is pushing it. I can see him finishing with like 255, 256 career wins. Um, you know, great playoff performer in his prime. You know, he was one of the reasons why Milwaukee made the playoffs in that two, 2008 season. What What is Prince Fielder doing now? He's was forced to retire because of injury. How long ago? Like two years ago. Holy fuck. But. Must have been the new vegetarian diet. Mm, but. Um, with CC, you know, if you put him up career-wise to the lefties in, you know, if you match him up with one of the greatest lefties 
of all time. He's on the top of that list. He's uh, tops in wins, tops in strikeouts, tops, you know, in ERA. Um, you know, I don't, you know, CC's a fan favorite here, you know. And, you know, one of the reasons, you know, you always hear about what kind of teammate CC is, you know, especially last year. He forfeited all that money just to make a point. He got thrown out against Tampa Bay by hitting that guy, and the Yankees still gave him the money that he owed because he had to pitch a certain amount of innings, and he didn't reach the... He would have... He was cruising for that inning, but since they got... He's actually... Actually, he's suspended for the first five games of the season because of that. But... Um, if you look at the top lefties of all time, you know, he's up there. He's up there with Randy Johnson, Sandy Koufax, Whitey Ford, um, Tom Glavin, Steve Carlton. Um, you know, he, he's, if you look at the lists, he's up there in a lot of different things. You know, I, I don't, that's why he's borderline. Because he doesn't have those numbers that pop out at you, that read Hall of Famer. Um, if you go down the list, okay, he's right now he's fifty. He's tied for fifty-first on the all-time wins list for lefties. Okay. So if you go through the, the the list, the names in front of him, Bob Gibson, who is a Hall of Famer, he could pass Bob Gibson on the all-time wins list. He has 251. Okay, so he's seven wins behind him. No, 256 for five wins behind him, actually. So if he can get six wins this year, which I think he could, it's very plausible he can get at least six wins. Yeah, definitely. That he can jump. Jack Morris, another Hall of Famer, has 254. Okay, but now here's the question. Andy Pettit is 42nd on this list, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, and he's the greatest postseason pitcher of all time. One is of the he, greatest. Is he? I think he's still on the ballot. He's still definitely on the ballot. But, you know, he's he's passed some of these names like a... Well, actually, looking at this list, this is the all-times, righties and lefties. Right? He's passed names like Juan Marichal, uh, Whitey Ford, uh, Luis Tion, Catfish Hunter, uh, Phil Necro, Pedro Martinez. Okay? So, you know, I don't see why he can, you know, be at least a talk for all-time wins in Hall of Fame. Um, you know, if I could just look at the lefties, let's see. The top pitcher of all time with most wins as a lefty is Warren Spahn. He's 363. Then you have Steve Carlton with 329. These are just lefties. Eddie Plank had 326. Uh, Tom Glavin, 305. Johnson, 305. Lefty Grove, 300. Uh, Tommy John, 288, Jim Cott, Jamie Moyer, my boy, Jamie Moyer, uh, Epirixi, I don't even know who the fuck he is, Andy Pettit, and then you have CeCe. So CeCe is 
close to the top. You're not, not going to catch Warren Spahn, obviously not. But, you know, I'm just trying to see here. Let's see. Uh, career. Active. Let's do active. He is, he is one win behind Bartol Colon for the most wins in a, for an active pitcher. Active. Yeah. Okay. So he's second active. Okay. So let's do pitcher. Let's look at this. I don't need Jaws. I mean, just let's look at the pitcher who just got in. Musina. Right? Mike Musina. Let's compare CC's numbers to Mike Musina. Who just got into the Hall of Fame. Musina, career, pitched for 18 years. He had 270 wins. ERA, 3.68. Okay? How many strikeouts did he have? He had 2,800 strikeouts. Okay? So now let's look at CC. Alright? So that's, that's Mike Musina. So now if you look at CC, okay, CC career... Is got 246, so Musina had 270, so he's behind that mark. They have the same career ERA pretty much. CC's 3.7, Moose was 3.68. Strikeouts. He's got more strikeouts than Moose. He's gonna get over. He's gonna have a three over 3,000 strikeouts by the end of his career. Wow. So if Moose gets in, CC gets in. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He'll get in maybe five years into his eligibility, maybe if he's on the ballot that long. But he's got a chance. Not for nothing. He's thrown over almost 3,500 innings. He's a fucking horse. <laughs> CC is. So, you know, I'm happy that he gets to go out on his own terms. I'm happy that he had the opportunity to announce that he's going out on his own terms. And I would like to see them, the Yankees, win number 28 for the big fella. What do you think? What do you think? I, I say yes. I don't yeah, think I first think, ballot. I agree. I think, yeah. I mean, to be, to be first ballot, you got to be a real, you know, special pitcher, I feel like, right? CeCe's great. You read the numbers. Great career. Solid, very solid career. And like you said, if Musina made it, then CeCe can make it. Should make it. I agree. He's in. Not now, but later. I, you know, I think that it makes the most sense, to be honest with you. But now, we were actually, you actually talked to a fan um, about the next baseball topic that we want to talk about. And, you know, we were talking, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the strikeouts, and we were talking about why the strikeouts were so high. And we will, we will, we didn't cover this part of it. And we didn't cover the part about, we didn't talk about the pitching and how the pitching has been better. But I don't, you know, good pitching, there's a saying, good pitching beats good hitting. You know, that is a saying, and I love that saying, and I always say that saying. You know, you can see it in the playoffs. You know, teams that are very good offensively usually get beat by teams that are, have better pitching if those pitchers pitch the way they know how to and they have good outings. Um, but there's a flaw. 
with this. And this is the flaw. The flaw is is that if you remember a couple years ago, when Chapman Chapman, it was Yankees Red Sox. Chapman was in the game and they were playing the Red Sox. And they Chapman was throwing 102, 103, and this young the young third baseman for the Red Sox comes up. And okay, his name is escaping. Devers. Devers comes up and turns around a 102 mile an hour fastball and hits it out. So, as much as pitching has an effect on the amount of strikeouts, these hitters, if they have the correct approach, can turn around the fastball at 102, 99. You know, they're used to seeing high velocity pitches because that's all they see nowadays. You know, you have starters averaging 95 miles an hour. The relievers are averaging 95 miles an hour. But if you're throwing 95 miles an hour, it's easier to hit 95 miles an hour and higher when it's straight compared to with movement. You know, Mo didn't throw that hard. You know, you want to talk about movement and stuff like that. Mo threw the cutter. And he only, he topped out at 90, you know, in the beginning of his career, he was throwing mid-90s. But at the end, when he was still being successful, he was throwing 91, 92, and he was still successful. So, you know, as much as good pitching has to do with it, I really believe that nowadays, like Manny, there was a, a story, Manny Ramirez used to have a batting cage in his house that just was 45 feet throwing 105 miles an hour. Holy shit. Okay. And he was one of the best hitters oh, yeah. in our generation. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's fucking crazy. So, as much as pitching has to do with it, right? If the hitters have a right approach, hmm. you're right. You know, right. It, 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 there's so many different variables into why the strikeouts are so high. But if you look, you know, a good pitch, one of the hardest pitches to hit is a fastball in the outside corner at the knees. It's one of the hardest pitches to hit in baseball. But, if you have an approach and your approach is, okay, let's just say, let me just throw out a random name. Um, uh, let's say a guy like, who, fucking judge. Uh, you know, no, not even judge, like a Severino, I'm thinking of the pitcher. So a Severino, who tops out at 98, 99, 100 with his fastball. He gets hit around the park sometimes. Why? Because he can't throw a slider for strikes and they don't, and they just sit on the fastball. As a hitter, if you and I'm very conscious of this as a pitcher, you know you got to be able to throw your pitches and pitches in all counts for strikes, so that when you throw that slider in the dirt or you throw that curveball in the dirt or you throw that changeup that fades off the plate away, they're going to swing at it. But if you give the hitter a chance to eliminate a pitch and just hone in on your fastball, that gives the hitter the advantage. So as much as the pitching has been better. If you have that approach, if you can eliminate a pitch, then you're going to be more successful at the plate against that guy on that night. Now, Severino might have a night where he's on. He's throwing a slider for strikes, his changeup for strikes, his fastball for strikes. And then that's when he's dominant, right? Mm -hmm. But as hitters, you know, there was this, there was, uh, I was, I heard this, I forgot where I heard this, but they were talking about Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs was a, Hitter that had three over 3,000 hits, pure hitter, great hitter, put the ball in the back, great eye. He would go into the bullpen on and watch the pitchers throw 
and try to look for cues to pitch to pitchers who would tip their pitches or do something like that. You know, hitters don't do that anymore. They sit down, they watch the video, and that's about it. They it's really hard to pick up on those things without seeing it. But pitching, on the other hand, it's it's about you know not telegraphing your pitches. You know. Throwing your pitches consistently for strikes all over the zone, in, out, up, down, every pitch. You know, you should be able to throw your curveball to a righty as a lefty on the inside part of the plate for a strike. That gives the pitcher an advantage. If you could throw a 2-0 curveball for a strike, that gives the pitcher the advantage. Because now, as a, as a hitter, when you're up in the count 2-0, you're thinking fastball out of the gate. So you're geared up for that fastball. And if a pitcher comes in with a wrinkle, you're out in your front foot, you roll over, you know, unless it's a hanger. And you recognize it out of the hand, then you're able to sit back and you're able to drill it into oblivion. But if a pitcher can throw an off-speed, a slider, a change-up, curveball, splitter, like Tanaka, for strikes, you know, like Jamie Moyer, at the end of his career, who pitched into his mid-40s, barely topped out at 82, 83 with his fastball, was able to get major league hitters out because he threw his pitches for strikes. And he was able to be consistent in the strike zone. So when he left the strike zone, if he elevated a fastball out of the strike zone, if he threw a changeup down, if he threw his curveball down, you know, he was successful because he set the hitters up. And that's why it's the pitching looks better because of their their consistent velocity and their 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 off speed pitch um, are more consistent in the strike zone. But that's not the whole argument. So that's my take on the whole better pitching aspect of of the to answer that fan um you know I'd love to get that fan on here so we could talk about this topic and then we can get a little back and forth going but I don't you know I can understand where pitching does play an effect into the strikeout totals but at the same time I can see where a good approach at the plate can eliminate some of the advantages the pitcher has on the hitter so that's my take on it and you know what I've noticed in this show we haven't even touched football yet that's fine. And that's fine. That's what we do here. Um, but I actually think, Chens, what do you think? I think we should not even bother talking about no. Kareem Hunt signing with the Browns. The only one thing I want to talk about, there's one thing I want to talk about. It's Kyler Murray. Okay, go. Okay. Kyler Murray decided to forego his MLB career and enter the NFL draft. Okay. So he's not playing baseball anymore. He was a seventh overall pick in last year's draft. Right. And he has to forfeit almost four and a half million dollars to play football. And I disagree with that. I disagree with that a hundred percent. Because even though you don't go to the show right away when you get drafted, you have to go through the minors, you have to develop. I understand that. But he's got a better chance of having a longer career in baseball than in football. You know, football is a is four quarters or an hour of a major car crash. You know, one bad tackle, he tears, tears his ACL, and you got another RG3, right? No matter how good he is. So I personally think that he should have stuck with baseball, and I think that as much as you the bonuses for a first-round pick in the NFL are higher than that of the MLB, I think that career longevity-wise, he would be better off playing baseball. I mean, one of the best examples is Bo Jackson. What happened to Bo Jackson? It was Bo knows. Bo knows this. Bo knows that. And he was one of the best running backs of his time before he got hurt. 
and he was lighting up the base. He was an all-star in the MLB. He had a gun for an arm. He could hit. He was a great baseball player. But one bad, awkward tackle messed up his hip. Major hip injury was never the same. And if he just stuck with baseball, I think, and I don't quote me on this, but I think he came out and said if he had to choose between baseball and football, he would have played baseball full-time. Okay, you had Deion Sanders who played both sports um, as well. He never really had major injuries, but he was never really like a superstar baseball player. He was more of a role player. But, you know, you can he try the football thing and doesn't work out and go to baseball? Yeah, he could. But I think outside of the realm of everything, I think that it's um, important that he stuck with sticks with baseball and he made I, I personally think he made the wrong decision what do you think Jens uh, you think he should have played baseball instead yes uh, what did we talk about when we discussed this the guaranteed contracts mm-hmm. right you're guaranteed your money in MLB but you're not guaranteed it in the NFL correct yes uh, so for that reason I would have chosen baseball just because, I mean, you can get hurt in any sport, of course. really. But I mean, base uh, football, the the probability is definitely higher, mm-hmm. I mean, just from the nature of the game. Uh, but you know what? If this happened maybe like five years ago, maybe he probably would have chosen baseball because you know he's coming out of college as an undersized quarterback, and People are saying that you have to be a certain height, your hands got to be a certain size, and you know you got to be able to throw the ball 80 yards, this and that, in order to be a good quarterback. All these measurable um, qualities, they say, is the precursor to a good quarterback, let alone his his skill set, right? But, I mean, he's a really talented QB. He's got enormous amount of skill. Look what Baker Mayfield did this past season with the Browns as an undersized QB. Look what Russell Wilson has done, right? And you and I were having a talk earlier this week, just bullshitting, how um, these teams are so, NFL teams are so stuck on getting the quarterback, right? How important the quarterback is. And my argument was that, is it really the most important piece? We got into this conversation because we are talking about projected uh, NFL draft picks, right? And the Giants are, what, fourth? Sixth. Sixth. They're that low? They're that low. <laughs> that low. Who's fourth then? Oakland. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. All right, so Giants are sixth and... They're looking to get a QB. Could be Murray. Could be uh, Haskins from Ohio State. So, I keep telling like, Puma, is is Eli really the problem? Or is it the shit offensive line that can't protect him, can't give him enough time to throw, and can't give him enough protection every single game? Is that the problem? I think so because he's got the weapons and he's not it's not like he's 
missing terrible throws. Is he what he used to be? No. Was he ever that great? No. But my 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 thing is this. Everyone wants to find uh, a Tom Brady. Right, right. People will say, people will argue Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time now. Or was he just a quarterback in the perfect system for him? The Patriots are known for turning nobodies into, into somebodies, right? Making, getting the very best out of every single player is, is what they're all about. Look, and look at what happened to Matt Castle once he left New England. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, like, Matt Castle, he stepped in for Brady when Brady was hurt and did fine. And then Matt Castle goes to, where do you go, Minnesota after that? Kansas oh, City. Kansas City after that. That's right. And uh, it wasn't the same. So, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that Tom Brady's not a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he is. Um, but is he everything that they think that he really is? No. I think you just have to find a good enough quarterback and put the right pieces around him. Give him a good offensive line. Give him a good defense, right? A a defense that can rush the opponent's quarterback. A defense that can play really good coverage. Give him a solid running game. Give him two receivers to throw. It doesn't have to be a wide receiver. Give him a nice tight end. Give him a fucking wide receiver. Just giving people that can catch the fucking ball when it's thrown to them. You don't have to make spectacular plays, you know? Like Odell, he's a great he's a great receiver. Like the 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 routes he runs and all his other stuff, it's great. But the ball's thrown to him, near him, he's gonna catch it. And that's like almost anybody, right? So don't go crazy. My thing is don't go crazy over these quarterbacks. If the perfect guy isn't there, don't pick him. You know? You have other places that you need to fucking improve on first. As a Giants fan, I agree. I think that there's a lot of intangibles with with Manning and the reasons why he's not who he used to be. Age has something to do with it. He's yeah, up there in age. He's not. The he's offensive older, line, yeah. the offensive line is terrible. And the thing is, too, these all these quarterbacks that are good outside of Brady are mobile quarterbacks. And I will get into that more as the draft gets closer because I know we were talking about like the past world, the past Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and where they were drafted and and stuff like that. But um, we're running out of time, so we want do we have to do our push and pulls. So let's start with you. Do what's your push factor for the week? What pushed you away? Uh, probably just the dunk contest in general. The lack of stars—that's nothing new. Though. That's just like we said. That's just been happening now. My pull was. Uh, I like to you know like to go outside the realm of sports a little bit. The Ugly Dog contest. Yeah, it was just a show that uh, a contest like the Westminster Westminster Dog Show celebrates like purebreds and all that shit. This was one that just celebrated ugly dogs. The guys, the dog's tongue at, was like hanging at, out this fucking. At house. first, I thought it was a thing like a part, uh, participation fucking trophy kind of thing. Like, oh no, no let's celebrate ugly dogs too. They're just beautiful. They're beautiful too. No, they're they're acknowledging that they're fucking ugly, and the ugliest dog wins. So I thought it was pretty cool. My pull factor was the whole stuff revolving Colin Kaepernick again. Uh, he turned down twenty some odd million to play in that new and uh, football league that's starting, the Alliance League, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, 
and that he wants to play in the NFL. Dude, honestly, you don't have any fucking contracts coming out the door. You haven't played in the NFL in two years, and you're turning down a chance to play football to maybe showcase yourself in this new league. So, you know, and then you got all these stars. Oh, LeBron. Oh, I support Cap. Blah, 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 blah. You know, the reason why he's not playing in the NFL because he took his political agenda into the sports arena when he didn't have to do that. And, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, I still watch the NFL. You know, that's I'm not going to not watch one of the sports I like to watch because of the political shit. But I don't think that bringing political correctness and political crap into the sports realm is what is what you should do. I, I really believe that, you know, sports are sports and that's it. You know, it's a it's their time away from the world and what's going on in the political scene. You know, no matter what your view is, you know, everybody has a right to their own opinion and what their view is on the the current political um, world and the political uh, the political scene that's going on right now. But we're not talking. We're not that type of show. But you know, if you want that type of show, go listen to Ben Shapiro, great political uh, analyst, right down the middle. You're but podcast dropping all fucking but, day today. But you know, but you know, if I were Colin Kaepernick. I, and there was a team either in the Arena League or the Canadian League or this new league, and they offered me a chance to play, I would do it. I mean, look at Johnny Menzel. He's playing in the CFL in Canada, you know, just to try to get his career resurrected from all the crap that he did. So that's my pull, okay? My push is something in the baseball world we didn't talk about is that the Yankees were able, able to avoid arbitration with Severino, and they were able to sign him to that four-year, $40 million deal with an option for the fifth. You also saw uh, the the kid from the Phillies get signed, Nola. He got signed to a four-year deal as well. So that's my my um, my pull. You know, it's nice that, you know, even though we're, com- they we're my view on service time and stuff like that, you know, they got paid. They're getting their contract. Even though Severino's deal only takes one year away, potentially, of his free agency. So he'll be 29, 30 by the time, which is a problem in my view. But... It pulled me in because it shows that these teams want to hold on to their stars, their young talent, and, you know, not get into a salary war with them or let them hit the free agent market. Um, so that's my pull. Um, I know you were looking up something. You took my hat off my head. Why'd you take the hat off my head? What do you, what do you, what's so interesting about my hat today? It's time to play Guess That Hat. So in case you don't know, Puma wears a new hat. Every every week, and we've been meaning to make this a segment now, and we just always forget. So we're gonna do it today. Because so, I wear a hat so normally, it's just, it's nothing new. So we're gonna do it right now. Ready? We would like for you folks to tweet at us or slide into our DMs on Instagram. Not like that, but yes, yeah, slide in head first because it's uh, baseball, <laughs> and. Tell us what you what hat Puma is wearing. I'm gonna give you some clues, or maybe do you want to give some clues? I have some clues. How about I give the first one? Mm-hmm. Maybe we can bounce back and forth. What do you think? Yeah, that's fine. Can we bounce? Yeah, let's bounce. All right, let's bounce. Uh, my first clue is. I almost just gave it. Too, I think it's too easy. My clue. Uh, let's see. My first clue is going to be. Jim Leland was the manager for this team. Okay. 
quizzy. Okay. Uh, I think we should go broad and then narrow it down. Okay. Like funnel this shit. So right? Jim Leland. How many, how many are we doing? Five. Let's do five. Five, five is good. Clues. You know, don't go don't go easy and go Wikipedia this crap either. Um, this team, the hat that I'm wearing, they are no longer called this team. They go by a different name now. So that's my clue. Okay, they are still they are still in the league, but they go by a different name. Um, they go by a different name. That's wow. all I'm saying. I'm not saying what name they changed, but they're they're a different name. Wow, that's a good one. Good one. Good one. All right, let's get a little bit more specific. Hmm. Hmm. Dead air ain't good. <laughs> Kevin Brown had the highest win-loss percentage as a pitcher for this team in the 1997 season. Okay. All right. Because I good. can't just say him. That's know? good. That's, any, That's good. Any That's good. Um. So this is the fourth one. So this is more. This one's a little bit more obvious. We're gonna get. We're gonna make it a little bit more obvious. It down to the last clue. Actually, I got a clue. If you listen to the old episodes when I talk about the hats that I have, it's one of my favorite hats, and it's one of Chen's favorite hats that I own. And I really like this hat. That's that's one. So you got to listen to the old episodes and get our view, views total up if you want to go find that clue. All right. So now I'm debating here. Should I, for the last clue, should I, I'm thinking either... Um. I'm just gonna list these these players and see who could who really knows, or I'm gonna talk about this. Uh, Would that is that too obvious? That's too obvious. Okay, fine. That. I'm just gonna list a bunch of players. This team in '97 had players such as Kevin Brown, Charles Johnson, Alex Fernandez, Moises Alou, Gary Sheffield, Bobby Bonilla. Levon Hernandez, Jeff Conine, Devin White, Craig Council, Greg Zahn, Al Leiter. Okay. I actually have one more. All right, bonus clue. Bonus clue. Um, in this season, well, now that you said what season, in the 97 season, the team that I am wearing... Okay. Finished. Let's see. Here we go. They finished second in their division. So they didn't, they didn't, they weren't the first, they didn't win their division. They were the wild card in their division, in their league. They were the wild card. Okay. They, they beat, getting to the World Series, they were a record. Seven and two in the playoffs to get to the World Series. That's my clue. That's it. So there are your sick five clues plus a bonus. Okay. Um, if you see any videos from this episode that are posted on our Instagram account, you can comment on that. Um, and you can kind of guess what hat that it is. Um, this is just for fun. There's no prize attached to this. You know, we're just trying to get some fan involvement, so it's not like you're going to win tickets to anything right now. We're, st we're still starting out. We're still a new show, so we don't have those type of giveaways yet. So 
there'll be a post on Instagram. Comment on the post. You can tweet at us at W-D-U-T-U-R-I-A-M. That is at W-D-U-T-U-R-I-A-M at Twitter. Instagram, like I said. Um, see, Let's see who really knows their shit. I think those are pretty good clues. And like I said, don't look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, come on, that's no fun. That's no fun. So without further ado, I hope you enjoyed the show. I know we were a little bit all over the place in this episode, but I hope that you enjoy that because that we are, as we like to say, unprofessionally professional in, in this podcast. So Chenz, is there anything you want to say? Let's sign off. I just have one more thing to ask you. Who do you think you are? I am. See you guys. Next week.